Welcome to the Private Practice with Soul podcast. My name is Dr. Brooklyn Storm and I help private practice owners align their business back with their soul's calling, with their big vision and with their soul's purpose. Unlike other private practice coaches, I've traveled the world in search of spiritual resources, spiritual tools, education and information so that you can have the transformation that your soul desires and needs so that you can up-level your business. How much fun is this? I love it so much. Guys, if you're not already a member of the Private Practice Monthly Mentorship Group, please check out the show notes. I would love for you to be there. In the meantime, thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's begin. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Private Practice with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brooklyn Storm. Thank you so much for pushing play on another episode. How are you this Saturday morning? Uh, How's it going so far? Look, it's about uh, quarter to 10 as I'm recording this. And I have to say, I'm feeling a lot better now than I was when I woke up this morning, let me tell you that. So I live in um, Victoria down the coast actually in a place called Mount Eliza. So I used to be in Hastings. Now I live in Mount Eliza. And it was so interesting because as you know, for many of us, we've been, well, under quite tight restrictions here. I think everybody knows that Melbourne last year had the, I think we were the highest number in the world for lockdowns. You know, I think it was 209 days out of 365. We're only allowed out of the house for one hour a day. Um, So anyway, I guess what kind of happened was I got used to that because I adapt to new situations really easily most of the time. So, you know, I took my business online during COVID, 100% online. I released my lease down on the building in Nepean Highway, Frankston, where I had my five treatment room practice and, you know, my contractors and, you know, my big car park and, you know, right opposite the beach. I let go of all of that. Um, I paid off two mortgages because the business just went so, 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 so well. Um, And now like I'm here and I spend most of my time working in the mornings and then the afternoons caring for my mum. And of course, Gabe, who's my practice manager, my best friend, the mascot for the ACPBO, um, keeps me uh, company as well. But anyway, so I kind of realized during the week that I had been, I don't know, I think just used to being at home a lot of the time because I was so used to the lockdowns. And I know this, some of you, some of you will understand what I'm saying, some of you won't. Um, but anyway, I think I just got so used to lockdowns. And the only time that I was really going out of the house was to go and do the grocery shopping, which over the last couple of months, to be honest, I have started <laughs> ordering all my groceries online. Uh, and then I was only sort of going out of the house really just to go and get, you know, medications and stuff like that for mum. So the other day I had done some online shopping and the postie or the courier decided that they weren't going to leave it at the front door like they normally do. There was a little card in my letterbox that said, hey, you've got to go into Mornington and pick up your parcel. And I had a moment where I thought, oh my gosh, Mornington, I, I haven't really been out of the house for a few years because of everything that's been going on and, you know, because of how I adapted to it. 
So I thought, all right, this is going to be fun because I love going to Mornington. So Mornington, for those of you who aren't familiar with the area, it's like right on the coast, right on the beach. There's this beautiful, it's called Main Street. It's got so many shops and all of the shops are kind of different and they're really cool. You know, there's clothing shops, crystal shops, fossil shops, um, chemists, of course, cafes, restaurants, all different types you know, vegan, ethical eateries, all of this sort of stuff. And in the past, I could absolutely drive to Mornington for 10 o'clock and leave it, leave at five or six at night. It's just one of those places where it's just nice to spend a day. Anyway, so I kind of was looking forward to going back to Mornington, but kind of feeling weird about it as well, because I didn't know what was going to happen because I'm not vaxxed. <laughs> so I was thinking, oh, what's this going to be like? Anyway, so I go down and um, was able to go and get my parcel. It was all good and very happy about that. It was a candle with some big crystals in it. I'll show you later. And then I thought to myself, oh, this is lovely being out. Oh, my gosh, I miss this so much, the hustle and the bustle. And it was just a really nice vibe and it was sunny and ladies were wearing dresses and had their hats on and, you know, it was just nice. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to walk up and down Main Street and I'm just going to enjoy it until (laughs) I started walking and then I saw all the signs up saying, um, no tick, no entry, um, all of this sort of stuff. And then I felt this like really taken aback like I was kind of shocked it kind of felt like somebody had just I don't know thrown cold water at me or something I, I, I just kind of snapped into reality I think sometimes I live in the world with the butterflies and the rainbows and my cosmic connections but this brought me back down to earth with quite a bump and I thought oh what do you mean I can't go in here like I always shop in this shop <laughs> um so it just kind of felt really weird and then I walked on to the next shop and that would have a similar sign and almost um, to me it felt like it was almost an aggressive sign and I thought what the what on earth is going on and then um, most shops didn't have any signs and then there were other shops that had signs that had um, a great big green love heart and in the middle of the great big green love heart in white writing it said we welcome everyone your choice is none of our business And so that felt nice because then I thought, oh, you know, finally, like there's a green light, I I can go in somewhere. And it was nice to go into those shops. Um, But you know what? At at the end, I was nearly, so this street probably takes, honestly, if you just walked from one end to the other and you didn't stop and dawdle and look and poke around at things, you could probably walk it in 10 minutes. Um, But anyway, I called mum and I was telling her what it was like and, you know, it it was just really weird for me to to actually be confronted with this, you can't come in. Um, And anyway, then I said to her, you know, what what do you want for dinner? And she wanted um, noodle box, right? So noodle box is down the end of Main Street. So I walked down to uh, the end of Main Street and I'm still on the phone to mum and I said to her, this is so weird. Like, what if I'm not allowed to go in and order food? And she's like, well, you have to be able to order food. Like, it's not a restaurant. It's a takeaway. You'll be fine. I said, okay. So I hung up and I went to go into noodle box and um, there's this great big sign, like a poster saying, we need to check your vax status before you can come in and you must have the two ticks and this, that. And I was like, what? Like, I just want to get a box of noodles. And I was saying to the guy, look, I'm not going to come in. I'll just be out here on the footpath with the other people. Like, can I just, no, not allowed because I'm not vaxxed. And this was beyond hurting my feelings now. This was offensive. (laughs) And uh, I drove home 
without noodles. <laughs> I drove home and I was thinking to myself, you know, why is this affecting me so much? And it was affecting me because in my training recently, like just last week, gosh, it feels like a year ago, but in my training recently, we were doing a lot of work on values and unspoken values and things like that. So I'd say a lot of my values work had been sort of quietly percolating beneath the surface there. And when I allowed myself to reflect more deeply, what I realized was there was a conflict of values. My values are inclusion and we're equal and (laughs) we're all, you know, I'm for social justice and all of these sorts of things. And, you know, it's how I live. I'm very accepting and, uh, you know, to sort of be put in a position where, uh, you know, you're not accepted. It kind of made me feel like, yeah, this is a huge conflict of values. But as I said, I'm good at adapting. So I figured that I would just find my own way of dealing with this. And then it was really interesting because there was another lady who I used to do hiking with maybe five or six years ago. And we we're really close, like close in terms of we used to go on these big hikes, like 30, 40 kilometer hikes most weekends. And anyway, we still follow each other on Facebook, even though we've not been able to hike for the last three or four years because of everything that's been going on. So anyway, I said to her um, the other day, hey, you know, it's so nice to see you on Facebook and I love watching your feed. And we reconnected and, you know, we're going to go for a walk and I'm really excited to see her. But guess what? Um, she says, let's go and get a coffee and we can go and gr- grab some lunch as well. And then I felt like I had to tell her, well, actually, you know, I'm not able to go <laughs> go and get lunch. Um, she asked why not and I told her why. And do you know what? I felt almost like all those things come up like um, guilt, shame, embarrassment, humiliation, not good enough, all those sorts of things came up. And um, I could see she was typing, you know, those three grey dots. (laughs) I could see the three grey dots. And I thought, oh, no, what's she going to say? And she was like, well, I don't care if you are or or you're not. You know, we'll just find a way for us to have lunch. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. And I was emboldened by that. (laughs) So I started to reconnect with other friends. And um, it was really interesting because it turned out that friends that I've got um, are mixed. Some have had it, some haven't. But I realized that the ones who have had it didn't seem to care if I'd had it or not. And that was really, 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 really helpful. Anyway, and it was eye-opening as well. Anyway, last night, go to bed, wake up this morning, and I'm talking to someone that, you know, we're building a friendship, right? And... I was just sort of saying, oh, it's a really beautiful morning. I'd love to go for a drive. And you know how sometimes you just start talking and you just drop all your guards and you drop all your defenses? So I was just sharing with him that, you know, I'd love to go for a drive. And I think he might have said, well, why don't you? And then I started to share about my experience recently. And it was so nice being able to talk openly with someone about it. So I've come away from that conversation feeling much better about things and you know I was never unsure about my decision or anything like that 
I just didn't like the segregation and the discrimination. And so after talking with him this morning, it's helped a lot and I feel so much better. But here's the thing that um, this is leading into something to do with private practice. (laughs) I promise. I guess I was... Um, put in a position of having to experience a values conflict. And this comes up in private practice, this values conflict, doesn't it? It comes up so many times in so many different ways. And we can feel within ourselves like, you know, we're not good enough, we're not worthy enough, we shouldn't do this, we should do that, only these sorts of people do that, you know, and we see this when people try and bump their fees, we see it when people try and use a cancellation policy or a booking policy. There were even discussions today, or I think today, I saw them today anyway, in the groups there around, oh, what was I going to say? I've just forgotten, but it'll come back. Um, Oh no, around should you charge more for a longer intake session, things like that. And, uh, you know, a lot of the time it's mindset and it's our values that so strongly influence and drive what we do in our business. And this is why when it comes to coaching and teaching you how to run a private practice that's successful for you, I absolutely 100% believe it's got to be more than the strategy it's not enough to just say to you, here's the spreadsheet, go and implement it, or here's the tool, go and implement it. If you don't have your mindset sorted out, there is no way on earth that these tools are ever going to work for your practice. The other thing that I want to share as well, and this came up in the groups this week, was about you know so many people saying that they go and do all of this training, but nothing's working. And uh, it was so interesting to hear that and I contacted a few people and I wanted to unpack it and find out why things weren't working and guess what the common denominator was so I spoke to nine people uh, across the Australian Counselors in Private Practice online group and also with the Counselors Connect group and the upshot of it was people aren't implementing things so I thought that was really interesting And once they'd had a chance to unpack it and they realize it's because they're not implementing things. I mean, it sounds obvious to us, right? But here's the thing. A lot of the time we'll sit on the webinar or we'll do the thing and then we think that that's the work and then we can go go for our walk. We could go and have lunch. We could go and do all of those things. But no, you have to actually implement everything. And I've been guilty of that too, you know, doing courses and watching the videos and then, you know, downloading the workbook or downloading the handouts but not actually doing them, like I'll doodle on them, but not actually do them. So here's the thing, like if you want to see change in your practice, you have to absolutely implement the things that you are learning about so that you will start to take that step closer to alignment. And when we talk about alignment, what I mean is that feeling that you have that something's not right versus the feeling that you have that things get to be easy. And here's the thing. I think sometimes we overcomplicate things. And 
it's not necessary. I think we have our old stories about you have to work hard and you have to work long hours and you have to, you know, sweat and you have to do all of this sort of stuff in order to or so that you can have the results that you're wanting in your business. But what I want you to know is, no, that's the old way of thinking. The new way of thinking and what I embody and teach is that it gets to be easy because when you're in alignment, that means that the action you're taking marries really beautifully with the beliefs and the values that you have. And that's where it feels really easy. And get this, what if you know, you do something and it feels really, 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 really easy to you, yet there are other people who struggle with it? And I say to you, hey, you should do a course on that. You should create an evergreen program, get that going. It'll take you a weekend to do, throw it up on your website, let people know it's there and watch the dollars come in. Now, sometimes I've said that to clients that I work with and they end up getting overwhelmed by the task because they make it so complicated (laughs) and They want to go away and write 20 modules and each module has 10 45-minute lessons and all of these workbooks because their mindset says they need to be providing all of this stuff, right? And so because they make it bigger than Ben-Hur, it suddenly starts to feel uncomfortable and like they don't want to do it. And so guess what? They don't do it. They get waylaid, sidetracked. They go and chase the next bright, shiny object. But here's the thing. It gets to be easy. The, the things that you find easy, other people struggle with. So if you're wanting to create something for your private practice to help you call in a little bit of additional revenue, maybe put together the online program and sell it as an evergreen course um, and just keep it super simple. Okay, there are so many ways that you can create additional revenue streams in your private practice in a way that are congruent with your beliefs and that are congruent with your unspoken values. And it's when you have this alignment that you also start to call in the right clients for your practice because you're no longer um, trying you know, there's no efforting, there's no pushing, there's no proving, there's no convincing. It, it's none of that. It's the same when I know some of you who are counsellors do discovery calls. I do them for coaching. I don't believe in them for counselling. Um, I have them for coaching and for my business to business work. Absolutely. Because they're huge investments. And I want to make sure that the people I work with are going to get results. So yes, I do them. Um, but I don't do them for counselling. I just figure if you want to book in for counselling, book in for counselling. But even in those discovery calls, you that's your opportunity right there to see who is going to be the best fit to work with you. You're not going to do a discovery call to put somebody in your um, evergreen program. But certainly for people that you want to work with, you need to know what your values are, what your unspoken values are. You need to know how to elicit values from the person that you're speaking to, because guess what? This is where alignment comes in with your client. It's client alignment. And you are not going to be able to do that unless you have done the work on yourself first. And this is the difference between a 10K month for your practice 
a 20k month for the practice, a 50k month for the practice, or those of you who are further along, maybe 100k months for the practice. The difference between those practices is the practices that have higher turnovers do less than the ones who have a gazillion products, uh, a gazillion services, a gazillion this, that and the other, who are energy poor, time poor, feeling overwhelmed. All you need is one client type, one way to help them, one way to get them a result and you just need one product that will take them from it's got to be free and then it's paid and then it's paid and then it's paid and that is all you do. It's people who have very simple business models for their private practice. You can have a hybrid business model, that's totally fine. But the the simple business model for private practice is the one that gets you referrals quickly and it's the one that feels easiest to do and it's the one that brings in the most turnover for your business. And I understand some of you aren't comfortable talking about turnover for the business, but here's the other thing that we need to remember. There's a difference between having your employee mindset and having a private practice owner mindset. The private practice director, the private practice CEO mindset is completely different to an employee mindset or even a practitioner mindset. And people who tend to struggle most with this are ones who are tapering down from paid employment while they're trying to build up the private practice. So they're working in paid employment for two or three days a week while they're trying to build up a private practice on the side. They're the ones who struggle the most switching mindsets. And that's a problem because what happens is they take the employee practitioner mindset into the business And they fail in terms of being able to do things like write the policy, share the policy, implement the policy, all those sorts of things. We see it all the time. I remember in my business, I had a contractor and she was uncomfortable with the fact that we were charging clients for fees. She was a social worker. She was very uncomfortable with the fact that we were charging clients fees. She didn't want to do that because she didn't think it was fair. And so for a little while, I said to her, well, you know, how about for the first five clients, you just do bulk billing, but after that, it's my practice and I'm going to be charging. (laughs) And she was still so uncomfortable with it. And it was really interesting because while she was running her own business and contracting to me in a business-to-business relationship, it was her therapy mindset, her employee mindset, her practitioner mindset that was stopping her from being successful in the practice. And what happened was other people were contracting to the business. Some of them were in the consulting rooms. Some of them were working from home. But other people were growing their businesses under my umbrella and they were doing so well and kicking huge goals for themselves in terms of their own business goals around impact, around turnover, around uh, the number of clients that they were helping, all of those sorts of things. So it's important and it's essential that when you're moving into a private practice, you understand the difference between an employee mindset and a private practice mindset. So in a nutshell, I'll share it with you now. This is just my opinion. I love to hear yours. But an employee mindset, think about what you learn as an employee. You learn that you're told what to do. 
you're given your job description it, you're told this is what time you've got to go to work. This is what time you have lunch. This is what time you can leave. These are the rules. Do this. Don't do that. These are the expectations. We're going to monitor your performance to make sure you're doing what you're told. There's not a lot of thinking as an employee, but there is a lot of doing, okay? And you're in practitioner mindset. So you're there and you're doing the counselling and you're tracking your key performance indicators because you don't want to get into trouble for not. You're making sure your admin is done on time at the end of the session in case your boss wants to, you know, do a random audit on the files in the in the practice and yours need to be up to date, all of that sort of stuff. So you get used to working a certain way, right? You're not in charge of marketing or anything like that. That's happening at a business level. You don't have to worry about your diary. You don't have to worry where the next referral is coming from or anything like that. Your day is mapped out for you to some extent. No, there's variation, but generally speaking, your day is mapped out for you. Your hours are mapped out for you. Your pay is mapped out for you. Your tax is taken care of. Your super is taken care of. All the running costs of the employment, you know, the the, pers- the employer's expenses are taken care of. You don't need to worry about that. All you need to do is just do the therapy. You just need to be the practitioner and do your job. And then what happens is people say, do you know what? I'm sick of working for somebody else. I think I want to do this for myself and I want to do it for myself because, well, I want to spend more time with kids. I want to spend more time with my partner. I'm starting to approach, uh, you know, the point in my life where I want to travel a bit and maybe I would like to do some online stuff and yeah, I think I just want to start my own business. And then they sit with that idea. It gets really exciting. And then they say, yeah, I'm going to do it. So before they've (laughs) made a business plan, before they've created a marketing plan, before they've created a marketing strategy or anything like that, they're off and they're making logos and they're registering business names and they're getting ABNs and registering domain names and starting to work on websites without any of this stuff happening, this business stuff happening. They've just taken off um, without any thought for the business side of running a business. And then what happens? Then someone like me comes along and says, hey, have you got a booking policy? And they don't know what one is. <laughs> I say, oh, um, what's a booking policy? I say, hey, have you got a marketing strategy? And they'll say, oh, post all the time on Facebook. It's not a strategy. I say, have you got a marketing plan? What's a marketing plan? <laughs> I say, do you have a cancellation policy? Yeah, but I don't use it because it's not fair and, you know, it's I don't want to put them through it and, well, they really can't afford it. So, yeah, I'm not really using my my policies like that. And oh, and then I say to them, okay, well, how's, how's the numbers for the business going? What numbers? Well, your KPIs. What's a KPI? Well, you know, how many inquiries did you get for the practice last month? I don't know. I, I guess maybe about five. So you don't know? I don't know. <laughs> kind of goes on like this. How much money to the dollar did your practice turn over last month? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it just kind of comes in. How much did you pay yourself last month? Don't know. Did you pay yourself super? No. Do I have to? Uh, <laughs> so... They kind of go from having everything taken care of for them as an employee, allowing them to just show up and do the work, 
to thinking that when they start their own business, they're just going to be showing up and doing the work and making a logo and coming up with a business name. So when they realize that there's actually a lot more to running a business, the panic sets in and they say, oh no, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And for some of them, they will have said, oh, I'm thinking of closing the, the doors to my practice. Private practice doesn't work. There aren't any clients out there because I don't do Medicare. It's not because you don't do Medicare. There are thousands of people just look in our groups, guys. There are thousands of people just like you that don't do Medicare that have successful, in inverted commas, practices where they're making the money, they're paying themselves, they're paying into their super, they've got self-managed super funds, all that sort of stuff. You can too. But what's the difference between you and them? Well, the difference is they understand how to run the business side of private practice. And I know that a lot of you don't know how to do the business side of private practice, which is how I came to be a private practice coach. Um, the way that came about was because I have been in private practice since 1995. I've opened them, closed them, opened them, sold them, closed them, sold them again. And over time, people started to ask me, can you teach me how to do this? And so that was my uh, entry into private practice coaching and now it's my thing it's my main thing and I love doing it because I love to see people's confidence grow once they know what's required from the business side of private practice but this comes back to what we we're talking about earlier in the day about not only mindset but about values and so one of the things that we always do when we work with clients who are wanting to be in private practice or they're in private practice at the moment, but they're not feeling the level of success that they really want or desire or thought that they would be experiencing to align their values with the systems and the strategies and the processes. Because when you do that, learning everything just gets so much easier, so much easier. And seeing clients have the light bulb moment where things just pop into place and click into place, that is the best feeling for me ever. And here's another thing, like just about, oh, I didn't know whether to share this or not. <laughs> it's just about coaching and, and counsellors actually. Well, not just counsellors. I think um, I've just got counsellors on my mind because I look after them. I like to look after them, but it's everybody. <laughs> I think, yeah, it is more about counsellors actually because counsellors, I believe, may be able to relate to this better. So in Australia at the moment, counselling is a self-regulated industry, meaning it has the freedom to make its own rules and, and do all of that, not governed by a government body, okay, self-regulated. So anybody can call themselves a counsellor. And I think it's really interesting when counsellors get upset that psychologists and social workers and, you know, other people call themselves counsellors or identify as counsellors when they've not been trained in counselling. I think that's really interesting. Here's why. Because a lot of counsellors also call themselves coaches. <laughs> Coaching is an unregulated industry and anyone can call themselves a coach. Yet just like the counsellors get so upset when people are calling themselves counsellors without any training, it's fascinating to me that they will quickly call themselves coaches, many of them without any coaching training. And I think, 
I wonder if you've thought about how the coaches feel about you calling yourself a coach when they have gone and done training and you haven't. Do you see what I mean? Like it kind of goes both ways. Plus, I've got coaching on the brain at the moment because I've gone and done yet another <laughs> qualification in it. But yeah, I just think it's I just think it's interesting. Um, Counselling, psychology and social work don't teach you how to coach coaching as someone who's done well I've got business coaching spiritual coaching energy coaching life coaching um, and results coaching so I've got five coaching qualifications and I can tell you as someone with a PhD in psychology and all the undergrad degrees and qualifications in counseling now five qualifications in coaching I can absolutely tell you I'm in a great position to tell you the difference between them and counseling psychology and social work are not coaching if you do not know the coaching strategies and you haven't been trained in coaching please don't call yourself a coach because it's like people calling themselves counselors without any counseling training it's not ethical you would say and I've seen you say it's not ethical it's dangerous it's not okay well guys it's the same with coaching okay if you want to get if you want to do coaching then I highly recommend you do the right thing and go and get yourself a coaching qualification if you're looking to work with a coach ask them what their qualifications are see if they've actually got a coaching qualification and which membership body they're registered with because just like counseling and social work and psychology how we have the APS, the AASW, PACFA, ACA, stuff like that. There's also coaching bodies that registered coaches work with. Okay, so always before you look, coaching is a lot of money, all right? Coaching with me, for example, it's $10,000. It's a lot of money and you don't want to pay that money to someone who never did a day of training in coaching, do you? No, do yourself a favor, ask your coaches what their qualifications are, how long they've been doing it for, what their results are. Um, But I've gone off topic. I think the big thing that I wanted to share with you today was about linking back in with your values and the meaning of true alignment. And we've explored that in terms of what this can look like in the business when it comes to business strategy and implementation. And we've had a look at it in terms of private practice mindset versus employee mindset. Well, hang on, I only discussed employee mindset. Private practice owner mindset is a little bit different. That mindset says, I'm running a business, my business is an asset. I have to put my business owner hat on and I have to be a business person. So you have to leave your therapy hat at the door. You have to leave your social justice things at the door. All of that's over there. When you have your business hat on, you need to know what's happening each year in the business, each quarter, each month, each week, how you're tracking the progress so that you know where to reinvest, whether or not you have to reinvest in paid advertising, staff, uh, scaling the business, all those sorts of things. You have to be able to make business decisions. You have to know how to manage your money. You need to know where your clients are coming from. You need to know what the retention rate is of those clients, okay? And I'm not saying you have to deliberately keep people in therapy, but you need to know what the average lifetime value of a client is that works with you. You need to know what what their journey is through your practice 
because without having a clear journey for that client mapped out for your practice, they're just going to come, you know, stay for a few sessions and, and disappear. There needs to be a clear pathway for those clients from beginning to end and back again um, where it's relevant, but you need to have that in place. You need to have your visibility in place, you know, and that's your marketing message, your uh, marketing strategy. You need to have your marketing plan. You need to have consistent branding. You need to know how to share content with your clients. Um, And the only way you know that is by tracking your insights. You must be looking on, if you're using social, for example, you must be looking at the insights on your business page, on your Instagram, in your groups to see, you know, what post was most popular this month? What post had the most conversation around it this month? What's the big topic that was happening this month? Because understanding that information tells you what your audience want to hear more of, which then informs what you're going to say in the next month or for the next quarter or, you know, inform a product that maybe you might make to help them so that they can overcome whatever problem it is that they're all having these big conversations about. You need to know how many people visited my profile this month compared to this month and what was I doing differently or what could I do differently. You need to make sure all your posts are branded in some way, shape or form, whether you have your logo on them or whether you use your own hashtag. Okay, so there's all these sorts of things that the private practice owner does that the employee mindset doesn't. And you can't run a successful private practice that's going to give you back your time, that's going to give you back some money, that's going to give you back more choice and more freedom without being able to do the business side of private practice. And if there's one thing I can share with you, above and beyond everything else, it's that you need to know who your client is. Your client is not, you know, a woman between 25 and 35 that has two children that lives in this suburb that makes, no, that's an avatar and avatars are out, um, in my opinion. Avatars don't tend to work in private practice. Why? Because the types of clients we work with are very, very different. And I see people using avatars and I'll say, hey, who's your ideal client? And they'll go and, you know, print off their avatar and they'll start reading it out to me like a robot and think, you don't even know who your client is. Like you need to be able to speak passionately to your client. You can't do that if you're reading off off a sheet because you don't know, oh, she lives in Geelong and she has three children and her husband this and her, her dog that and her best friend this and her pain point is, no, that, that marketing works for <clears throat> other industries. It's not for private practice. So when you're looking at avatars and you're downloading the avatar webinar and the avatar sheets stop 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 it's outdated it's not going to get you anywhere in private practice what you need to do is understand your client at a deeper level because you work at a deeper level those avatars are perfect for retail perfect for retail perfect for david jones for myers for the reject shop for big w whatever 
they're, they're superficial, so we use them for retail. We do not use them for allied health. For allied health, there's a different strategy that we use because the way that we work and the types of clients we work with are different to the retail clients. So we need that unique approach and it's practices who use this unique approach just boom, they explode their visibility, they get more inquiries, they fill their diary, the practice owners are happier because they're working with clients that want to be there, that are motivated to do the work. And if you get stuck knowing the deeper level of who your client is and how to talk to them so you can call them in, I've got a workshop that you can come and attend. It's happening next weekend. Um, You can click the show notes below for the details with that. But the point I'm trying to make is that it gets to be easy when you bring everything into alignment. So by writing a client profile, using the strategy I use in my business, you will see, I promise you, you're going to say, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it could be so easy. Why was I overcomplicating it? It's going to be easy and it's going to work. Why? Because I know that it does. How do I know that it does? I've got the feedback from people. I've been doing this for years, okay? You wouldn't be here if I didn't connect with my client profile, okay? So at the end of the day, what I want you to implement is I want you to ask yourself, am I in an employee mindset or am I in a private practice owner mindset when it comes to running my private practice? That's the first reflection point. The second one is I want you to unpack that and ask yourself, you know, why, where does this come from? So if you're still in employee mindset, ask yourself, you know, why am I in employee mindset? What do I need to do differently? What will become available for my practice when I do this differently? And what's my next step? Okay, so maybe just hit pause on the podcast, rewind it for for 10 seconds and go listen to those questions again and jot them down as prompts for yourself. Just see what your next step is going to be and we'll go from there. Okay, so I hope this was a um, expansive episode. I wanted you to be able to see private practice and running private practice gets to be easy when it's all happening in alignment. And I wanted to show you a different way of being in the practice that is values driven, values driven by our um, bright, shiny values and our unspoken ones. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope that you enjoyed it very much. If you do do that journaling exercise that I provided there and you'd like to share your results, send them over to me at hello dot no hello at brooklynstorm.com okay thank you so 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 much for listening to another episode i can't wait to hear about all of your successes with your private practice now that you know what you need to do to connect with your clients at a much deeper level have a lovely saturday everyone bye for now Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Private Practice with Soul podcast today. If you're looking for clarity, if you need help with branding, your processes and bringing everything into alignment with your soul's purpose for your private practice, head to the show notes and click the link for more information about the Private Practice Monthly Mentorship Group. You are going to love it. I can't wait to see you in there. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.